0: Welcome to Theodora Speaks. I'm Gail Keller of Theodora Speaks, a podcast series catering to risk-taking women who reinvent themselves and successfully fail forward. Welcome to episode three, where I interview my dear friend, Jacqueline King, who's a senior sales executive in the live event space in the technology sector. Jacqueline and I met many, many years ago while working for this media house. And I was drawn to her for two reasons. One, her fashion sense. Her purse and her shoes matched her outfits beautifully, and she was so well put together. I was really, really drawn to her for her fashion. Second, she has such grace and a beautiful personality. It's hard to find in sales that true, genuine person that when you have a conversation with her, you feel that she's invested in the conversation and the outcomes that will come of it. If you're dealing with indecision in your career, visit gailkeller.org. In addition to my podcast series, Theodora Speaks, I offer one-on-one advisory sessions as well as course offerings on how to prepare you to be a risk taker and face your fears with educational curriculum focused on instilling the values of courage, decisiveness, competence, assertiveness, and balance. I can help you successfully reboot by teaching you how to gracefully fail forward without the crash and burn. Visit gailkeller.org for more information. Hi, Jacqueline. Thanks for joining me today.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: So, Jacqueline, before we kick things off, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Wow. Um, where do I begin? Um, so, I am, I would call myself a sales professional, really focused on the technology sector, and have been doing this for the past almost 15 years. But um, alongside that, I have a, a real life. Um, so I have two kids who, two daughters, one's in high school, one's in college, uh, and married. I live in the North shore of Chicago and, um, you know, trying to cope month by month (laughs) with this new situation. And I will say that the one uh, great thing about the last few months I have uh, discovered, I uh, shared via the appetizer, you know, Korean cuisine and learning how to cook, and uh, something that I've kind of not been able to do so in my adult life. So that's been really fun.
0: That's great. So spending more time with your family, wearing the chef's hat.
1: Absolutely. And I just, I can't wait to, uh, for that day to be able to actually cook for a group of friends and, you know,
0: family. You went to Cal Poly, so there's a little bit of STEM in your background?
1: Absolutely. Um, STEM in the sense that, you know, I have an affinity for design and, um, you know, orderliness and engineering. But I—it's funny enough. Math is not my strong suit. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's when you take a step back, especially in, in sales, right? You think, um, you know, when would you use that that STEM background, and then plus kind of that design uh, background. But if you kind of think about it in sales, it's really a combination of all of that that you're doing, you know, day in and day out. So it's been a very fun and interesting journey to kind of think about where I started from
0: and how I have evolved and, you know, what I've been doing. And Jacqueline, what are some of those traits that you just mentioned that you carry? Because you said there's correlation between STEM and architecture and sales that have made you successful. I, you know,
1: studied uh, architecture and design at a very technical, you know, engineering-centric school. Um, and I always thought that I would, you know, kind of take that path through kind of the end of my career, right? Um, be working in a, an architectural firm, in a, you know, commercial development company, something like that. And that's kind of how I started my career. Um, but, through time, the the things that I really you know um, that called to me as far as what I was doing there was really being in front of people, helping to solve you know problems and and really kind of listening to what those you know, what they want to achieve, and then kind of translating that into problem solving, right? And so you do that all the time when you're in front of a design board, like creating space or design for your clients. Um, But I'll be really frank with you. I worked, and this is years ago. I worked for, um, and again, you know, I preface it by because the world has changed a lot since. 90s um but you know i worked for a very um traditional very big japanese um you know design and development company construction development company and um i mean it was the boys network and that kind of you know to the nth degree right and then on top of that not only was i female but i was. Um, you know, not of the Japanese uh, heritage. And so I had a couple of strikes and I didn't speak the language. Um, So, and most of our clientele were, um, you know, were Japanese clientele. So I had a lot of different challenges, but at the end of it all, I I still really loved what I was doing. But after kind of hitting that glass ceiling, and there was no pretense that there was a glass ceiling, there was truly a cement ceiling, um, after years of that, I, I actually grew pretty frustrated and um, kind of looked to pivot and kind of found my way to kind of utilize what I loved doing and what I was passionate about in that realm, you know, minus actually being behind a design board and doing sketches and things like that. And I found my way into the world of technology. Um, And I found my way into that realm via a sales role. And so the things that I go back to your question in terms of, you know, what are the things that I think about that has kind of carried me through that, it's really caring about the customer, getting creative in terms of solving their problems. Um, And, you know, it doesn't hurt that... a little bit of aggressiveness and, you know, trying to kind of push the, the boundaries, you got to have all of that. Um, and that's, I love that about that, my career in sales in technology specifically, and that there are so many different opportunities in terms of, you know, showcasing what you like to do and helping people and things like that. So that's kind of my story. And, you know, interestingly enough, I'm kind of at that juncture where, you know, I may, I may pivot again.
0: And when I met you, I was so drawn to how well put together you were, your sense of fashion. How did you fall into your love for fashion? <laughs> I
1: think I've always loved like all things design right whether it's buildings whether it is objects um uh, whether it's fashion um it's just it's been kind of a, a natural but kind of this very natural process and and i guess it also was really cool that i had a mom who liked you know to dress up and we got to live in different areas uh, globally. So, you know, kind of, you know, got to see a little bit of, you know, different tastes and how different, you know, people dress in different cultures. So I think, you know, just history, family, and just an innate love of design.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But thank you, Gail.
0: No, <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Thank you. But
1: you're you're a pretty hard, uh, you know, you're pretty hard to, I was going to say a follow or, um, cause you have great style yourself. And so that's probably one of the reasons besides a lot of other reasons why we just hit it off. Right.
0: Yes. Well, I'm flattered <laughs> that you'd say that about me. So thank you. And you have such a diverse background from your upbringing to living on the West coast, migrating to Chicago, getting, you know, going from design to technology it's just fascinating, and I think you bring a lot to your personality, and, and personally, you stand out to me as one of the best salespeople I've ever known. What does taking a risk mean to you?
1: Um, I feel like, you know, it's funny because I would not think of myself, nor would a lot of friends and family think of me as a risk taker. Um, but at the same time, you know, hearing out loud kind of my, my journey, right. And I think there's been a number of different areas in my life where I did and I have taken risks. Um, I think taking a risk is really, you kind of, I think as a person, and again, this is coming from someone who. I think naturally don't like to do something that's uncomfortable or that's kind of outside of the the pattern. But I think as a person, somewhere along the line, you, I think, reach a point where it's kind of a self. You know, uh, am I fulfilled? Am I truly happy? Uh, am I bringing good to other people as well? So. All of that, I think if you kind of check the boxes and it's not hundred percent, you know, and believe me, there are days and, you know, different circumstances where it's not a good, you know, checkbox all the way across, but it's taking a chance is doing something where you kind of follow your passion. Uh, you follow your inner voice um, and you kind of take a leap of faith to trust yourself. And, you know, people around you to kind of do that next thing that, again, make, make you uncomfortable at first or may feel odd, but you know that on the other side, something better is out there. It's always, I think it's kind of that, that process of evolving and growing, mm-hmm.
0: that makes sense. It makes total sense. And you recently took a really big risk, being a senior sales executive at a large live events and media house. You took a huge risk, and I'd love for you to share with the audience that journey with us. Uh, it
1: it, <laughs> it has been a journey so i was recently at a large uh, global you know media organization working with the highest level of you know the biggest brands that you can think of out there in technology and really um love what i was doing um you know really enjoy working with my customers and my peers um But, you know, as we know, in 2020, one of the things, lots of things were affected. Um, But certainly when you think of any sort of events, um, particularly a huge business conference and expo where there's thousands of people, you know, that was, you know, definitely affected, right? Um, So my first inclination was, you know, I'm going to ride, I'm going to tough this out and, you know, get to the other side with the rest of my peers, with the rest of my company. And, you know, we're going to learn through the process and it's going to be great. But then, uh, (laughs) but then, you know, I started um, and I always try to look at things really in a 360 um, perspective. Um, And I started to think, um okay so i'm gonna ride this through and then kind of and then what and you know kind of thought through that process um at the end of the day without getting into all the different you know decision making modalities that i went through um i decided to take a, a risk and and exit the company um it helped that they provided they did incent you know Uh, the employees with a voluntary package, you know, that didn't hurt either. And that really kind of helped fuel that thought process. I just thought, and you know, what a weird year in terms of doing a lot of introspection. And um, I just thought, this is the time that I'm going to take that next pivot and really figure out what I want to do. Again, that I'm passionate about where I can help people, companies, whatever that, whatever that's going to be. So um, I took that package and, um, and I'm, you know, in that process of finding that, that next chapter. And, you know, as a, I want to say as someone who is uh, more mature, female in, uh, although I don't think, you know, thank God, uh, with our new, um, you know, president and vice president and kind of where we are in a society, I I feel like women are so empowered now, and especially women of all ages, um, that that had a lot of you know that had a lot of effect in terms of like how i was thinking about it because at first i thought oh my god like why would i leave this great you know um role that i have within this organization yes things are tough things are going to get better like why would i leave i'm again someone who's a little bit more mature i'm going to be going head to head with these like you know who knows like so but i thought again like if I don't take the chance, I don't want to be thinking on the sideline like, oh, I wonder what would happen. And I, I go back to my daughters. I want to be kind of that example for them as well, as far as you have to trust yourself and go for it. And you can't let all the negative talk, you know, your. No too old, or you've been doing this too long, and how is it going to, you can't let that stop you.
0: No, you can't. And you're super brave to be taking that risk. And and I would agree with you with, you know, our new vice president, Kamala Harris, you know, politics aside, it's such a beautiful moment for us as women, as mothers, that that cement ceiling is turned into a glass ceiling that's turned into being shattered. Absolutely more women taking on successful and powerful roles. And for our daughters, what, what great examples, right? January 20th, 2021 was for us. And right. the women that are going to be in, you know, more roles like the treasury of the U.S. And it, it's pretty exciting. So tapping into you taking that risk, Jacqueline, what tools did you use to make you take that leap? <laughs> Tool, what do you mean by tools? Tools. So, you know, you had to get the chutzpah to take that leap and say, I'm going to take this package and leave the career I have and reinvent myself.
1: So I may be thinking about tools in a different way. Like to me, I think about tools as something that's going to help me do things in a practical way. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, let's face it right now with, Uh, things like social media and LinkedIn and uh, there was so many different ways to really network out there Um, you know so I think about tools kind of from that perspective but um, and I also
0: think think about your Wonder Woman (laughs) and the tools you as Wonder Woman have in taking that leap recently
1: uh, are you talking about the shield and the
0: this? And that? Yeah, the golden lasso. You can buy that shield at Tiffany's, by the way.
1: For oh pretty penny. God. I haven't shopped at Tiffany lately, so
0: <laughs> I'll <either. take> it. <laughs> I I just saw an ad. I'm letting someone else invest in it, but
1: I I like that that golden lasso because again, it's just you got to swing for the fences, you know but it's really the tool is having some sort of a vision in terms of a goal, but kind of knowing what's out there and that I'd like that golden lasso of like, whoosh, you gotta, you gotta take chances and you gotta be ready to just, you're going to be ready to fail, fall, get up, uh, do it again um, and I think those aspects that are so prevalent in us as salespeople, you know, you kind of take that for granted, but it's truly those are kind of the basic tools, I guess you would say, in terms of going for it. Um, knowing way in advance, I'm going I'm going to have there's going to be a lot of trips and falls and skin knees. But I'm gonna get up, and you know, I got my shield. Um, I have my support system, and and I know at the end of the day, I'm going for what I want to be doing, uh, that goal or that dream or that vision. And I think those are all the things that are you know keeping mm-hmm. me going towards that.
0: I love it. I love it. And I digress for a second. Wonder Woman is my favorite superhero, <laughs> and the the golden lasso. The whole point of it is when she captures someone, she gets them to tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and being honest in sales, right, is so important to build a rapport, to build a relationship with people. And so I really like that you latched onto that golden lasso.
1: Oh, I love that. And, and I mean, I think there are too many, you know, kind of the stereotypical salespeople who are... You know what I'm talking about, but I think, in, and in, especially if you're going to love what you're doing in sales, you got to tell the truth and people can see right through that. Um, and I think and that's a good point because that's definitely this kind of a, you know, you think, or the stereotype is, oh, salespeople are slimy and, but you want to, I think maybe innately, I want to like work extra hard to kind of (laughs) get
0: over that stereotype too. Mm -hmm. And gone are the days of just taking people out to lunch and building a rapport, right? And and to tell the truth, I mean, you're selling on value, you're selling on outcomes. So you do or die in sales today.
1: Yeah, no more, um, you know, taking them out to lunch. Uh, again, depending on who it was, you know, a concert and whatever. That's, yeah, those days are gone.
0: <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, we'll get them back to some, yeah. we we'll right? That's the hope I have.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So
0: what's next for you, Jacqueline?
1: Um. So I know what I love to do, and I go back to, you know, Helping customers find solutions, um, representing an organization where I can be really pumped up about that solution and to bring that forth. So, yes, for me, it's still, um, I'm still looking at something within sales. You know, I've explored the idea of, you know, what does it look like to be on the client side? And really kind of taking, especially because I come from a market that's, you know, yes, when I, when we say technology, it's such a huge realm of, you know, there's so many different types of solutions, but, um, I come from a world from where we are talking all about communications, collaborations, video, you know, we're using a platform that, uh, is kind of ubiquitous now. Right. So Mm -hmm. I, I I love that whole world. So I think about you know, do I um, want to explore opportunities on the client side where I know so much on kind of the buyers who they're trying to reach, and you know, having been at my past roles. So how can that? How can I pivot and utilize that? Um, I'm you know also looking at opportunities. I I love. Being in this what I call the core, so in the media or the marketing role, right? So where I can work with a number of different technology providers and kind of you know go that next step in terms of evolving what I know in terms of helping them. So I'm looking at a couple of different very exciting opportunities and um, and we shall see. and I'm truly fortunate that I have the the time to kind of take you know one by one opportunity and really kind of consider it uh, seriously before just jumping into the next job which yes. is the last thing i want to do
0: you're very blessed to take this time catch your breath yes breathe through this to figure out what you want to do next next and not just jump right into something exactly and for me the natural progression after leaving the media house we worked for together way back when was to go to the client side, and I loved my time with the large technology company that I worked for. It was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, but with two little kids, I'm I'm deciding to kind of take a little sidestep, a little pivot, a little waltz, and you know, help women take risks and reinvent themselves. But it's 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 great, and you know, I'm. I'm a nerd for technology. Still, a <laughs> big collaborator, right? Yes, yes. Um, so it's exciting. Jacqueline, what would you say was your the biggest surprise you've had in the last six months post leaving your job?
1: Uh So I have to say that I have truly enjoyed having this time away and really hunkering down and enjoying, you know, family time and being at home. I've, um, so Gail, you talk about, you know, kind of taking a sidestep because of little ones. The one thing I didn't mention way back when, um, I actually took, I didn't take a sidestep. I actually exited (laughs) altogether the career um, because of little ones and you know totally understand you know what um, that's like and I was you know I have to confess that I was not the, um, the person who relished being at home with little ones 24-7 like I was counting down like I wanted to be back mm-hmm. so <laughs> Um, so I, you know, I thought about that when I was, you know, taking time off this time thinking, wow, okay, this time I don't have little ones at home. Like, and we're in quarantine. Like, what the heck am I going to do? Am I going to go nuts by, you know, the second week? And am I going to be the person to say, oh my God, I'll take whatever just so that I can. But the thing that surprised me the most is truly i have really enjoyed having that time to literally decompress um and you know we had the holidays and then you know my daughter came back from school because of quarantine and um we've just had i've just had been having a lot of uh, just quality time you know i talked to you i'm not Believe me, I'm not a cook, in or I don't, um, you know, regard myself as far as I cook or anything like that. But um, that's something that I've kind of developed an interest, um, especially kind of exploring, you know, cooking Korean cuisine and exploring that with my girls. Um, mm-hmm. So, in full disclosure, my husband is not Korean, so they've grown up with very you know, limited amount of Korean cuisine (laughs) in their, you know, repertoire, so it's been really fun to kind of explore that, Um, and, you know, I've also uh, explored different, you know, hobbies and things like that, that, you know, is possible at home, so I've been really surprised at how fun and how enjoyable it is, but I am starting to get itchy again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Understandably so. Yes, understandably so. We're still at mid-pandemic is what I heard. <laughs> mid-pandemic right now. But family is so important. And I have so much respect for stay-at-home moms. It's a very, very hard job. It and truly is. To be able to bond with your kids while they're little, While you know, it just instills great values. As they grow older, because, you know, I always want my girls, for example, to feel close to me and that they can come and talk to me about anything. And I want to instill cooking with them, just like you are with your girls. It's, it's so important. And that was the one positive for me during all this time when the world stood still. It's been nice. We've been able to have dinner together and cook together and a real sense of family. Yes, I moaned about
1: being at home. Um, with two little ones um, and you know I was at home with them for gosh seven years Mm -hmm. Um, I would not trade that um, because Gail there is I mean I see things from both sides right and you know I call it a. I think we're blessed to um, and really fortunate if I can say that to have that choice and really I think as moms, you kind of have to make because you are so fortunate to be in that situation to be able to like give and to be able
0: to kind of translate that back to your kids if that makes sense, right? It like, makes total sense. Yeah, they were fortunate and blessed. You know, there's a stay at home mom, and then flip the coin with a working mom, right? You know, and if you are blessed with that choice, both options are hard, no right. one is easier. And working moms instill additional great value into right. their children. Oh, absolutely. It's just always
1: challenging, whether it's you know, challenging in a good way, um, especially if, if you have kids at home and the whole, just even without kids, the whole balance,
0: you know. Right. Balance is so key and, and so hard to find. So to rewind the clock, and if you had your crystal ball, What's the one thing you wish you had known when you began your career?
1: Wow. You know, I, I was going to say, you know, don't be afraid to ask and um, ask for help. Um, and, you know, I feel like I, 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 I've done more of that latter part of my career But especially as a a younger person starting out, I think there's a sense of like, oh, I can do it all, or I know it all. Um, But, you know, to don't be shy and, you know, ask for help, ask questions. And and I think, you know, carrying that over and, you know, certainly you got to reciprocate as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Pay it forward, right? Yeah, absolutely. But um, I would say for my younger self to, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help.
0: So what would you say, Jacqueline, is your biggest fail forward? And and what did you learn from that experience in your career?
1: I think about, um, it's kind of, you know, I just talked about asking for, you know, help asking for questions but i think um part of that even recently is kind of an assumption i think if you assume whether you think you know a situation or you know that person or it's you gotta like do a double check or ask it's really you can't be hundred percent sure um, in certain situations.
0: <laughs> I'll leave it at that. And you can't read people's minds. Yeah. Right. So remain inquisitive to that point. Always ask questions.
1: Absolutely.
0: Open-ended questions.
1: Right. And you can't... And- Oh, I don't want to get cynical, but you can't also trust people 100% of the time either. So you do have to ask good questions and not take everything for face value either.
0: Right. Because sometimes that golden lasso, right, that you're throwing out there might be a little bit dimmed if that person's not going to tell the truth. (laughs) Can't say we didn't try though. So as we wrap, Jacqueline, what's the best compliment that you ever received and why has that compliment stuck with you all these years?
1: I think the best compliment that I received is, and it's something that continues uh, to motivate me, is when I hear back from people, um, whether it's in a professional setting or a personal setting, it's, you know, thank you, that, that was so helpful. I really appreciate that. It's really, you know, when I hear that I've been able to do something good um, for somebody, some organization, I, I would say, as you know, simple as that sounds, that's the compliment that makes me smile and makes me want to say, you know, what, what else? Not what else can I do? But you know, that motivates me.
0: Sure, sure. And that motivation is really, really powerful. Mm -hmm. And I want to thank you, Jacqueline, for spending time with us today, sharing your story. You're a very beautiful person inside and out. You give back. So I I truly feel and know, because I know you so well, that the values you hold near and dear can be carried on and and shared with the world. So thank you. Well, thank you. The world
1: is a small place and we got to be here for each other right
0: that's right that's right we keep our nose clean we we do (laughs) on to others the way we want to be treated right and i wish you the best of luck in your journey i know you're going to find the next right fit for you and i I can't wait for you to share with me what that is but take your time getting there and enjoy the journey
1: well i've enjoyed being here and thank you for having me gail
0: thank you jacqueline Thank you for joining me today in this enlightening conversation with Jacqueline King. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank Jacqueline King for spending her time with us, sharing her stories, and being vulnerable with us. A special shout out to New Voice Studios for producing this podcast. I encourage you all to follow me at gailkeller.org. There's many things on my including blogs and some other content. But the one thing I want to call out today is Jacqueline talked about her Korean pancakes and how in the pandemic, she's learned to cook more. This recipe that she shares with us on my website is a throwback to her childhood when she'd sit in the kitchen and help her mom make these pancakes and also enjoy them with her. She's passed this recipe now on down to hurt girls and her family. My goal is to ask all of my guests to come up with a recipe that they want to share on my website to help you. Because take one last thing off your plate, one last thing off your to-do list by compiling recipes and go-tos where it just makes your life a little bit easier. So till next time, stay courageous.